forties. But she was very lovely, and the thought of her almost lent a little glamour to the possible expectation of the weary routine of a shipboard flirtation. "'Look at him!' cried the success. "'Isn't he the cutest thing? That quiet English stuff certainly makes one great big appeal with this baby. And does he flash the keep-clear signal? Boys, I'll take you right into my confidence. Listen.' This Mr. Allain is my big flop. I don't mean a thing to him. She really is rather awful, thought Elaine, and he said, Ah, Miss Van Mays, you don't know a coward when you see one. Meaning? I, I, I really don't know, mumbled Elaine hurriedly. Hello, we're going through the barrier, said one of the youths. They all turned to the deck rail. The sea wrapped itself sluggishly about the thin rib of the reef, and fell away on either side in an enervated pother of small breakers. Over Fiji the rain still hung in ponderable clouds. The deep purple of the islands was lit by desultory patches of livid sunshine, banana green, sultry, but without iridescence. The ship passed through the fangs of the reef. Alain slipped away, walked aft, and climbed the companionway to the boat deck. Nobody about up there? The passengers in their shore-going clothes were still collected on the main deck. He filled his pipe meditatively, staring back towards Fiji. It was pleasant up there. Peaceful. Damn, said a female voice. Damn, 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 oh, blast! Startled, Alain looked up. Sitting on the canvas cover of one of the boats was a woman. She seemed to be dabbing at something. She stood up and he saw that she wore a pair of exceedingly grubby flannel trousers and a short grey overall. In her hand was a long brush. Her face was disfigured by a smudge of green paint, and her short hair stood up in a worried shock, as though she had run her hands through it. She was very thin and dark. She scrambled to the bows of the boat, and Elaine was able to see what she had been at. A small canvas was propped up in the lid of an open paint-box. Elaine drew in his breath sharply. It was as if his deliberately cultivated memory of the wharf at Suva had been simplified and made articulate. The sketch was an almost painfully explicit statement of the feeling of that scene. It was painted very directly, with crisp, nervous touches. The pattern of blue pinks and sharp greens fell across it like the linked syllables of a perfect phrase. It was very simply done, but to Alain it was profoundly satisfying. An expression of an emotion— rather than a record of a visual impression. The painter, an unlit cigarette between her lips, stared dispassionately at her work. She rummaged in her trouser pockets, found nothing but a handkerchief that had been used as a paint rag, and ran her fingers through her hair. Blast, she repeated, and took the unlit cigarette from her lips. Match, said Alain. She started, lost her balance, and sat down abruptly. How long have you been there? she demanded ungraciously. Only just come. I, I haven't been spying. May I give you a match? Oh, thanks. Chuck up the box, would you? She lit her cigarette, eyeing him over the top of her long, thin hands, and then turned to look again at her work. It is exceedingly good, isn't it? said Alain. She hunched up one shoulder, as if his voice was a piercing draught in her ear, muttered something, and crawled back to her work. She picked up her palette and began mixing a streak of colour with her knife. "'You're not going to do anything more to it,' said Alain involuntarily. She turned her head and stared at him. "'Why not? Because it's perfect. You'll hurt it. 
I say, please forgive me, frightful impertinence, I do apologise. Oh, don't be ridiculous, she said impatiently, and screwed up her eyes to peer at the canvas. I merely thought, began Alain. I had an idea, said the painter, that if I worked up here on this hideously uncomfortable perch, I might possibly have the place to myself for a bit. You shall, said Alain, and bowed to her profile. He tried to remember if he had ever before been quite so pointedly snubbed by a total stranger. Only, he reflected, by persons he was obliged to interview in the execution of his duties as an officer of Scotland Yard. On those occasions he persisted. On this an apologetic exit seemed to be clearly indicated. He walked to the top of the companionway and then paused. But if you do anything more you'll be a criminal. The thing's perfect, even I can see that, and I— "'Don't know anything about it, but I do know what I like,' quoted the lady savagely. "'I was not about to produce that...